Welcome back to Podcast 87 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by this season. For the best contest in all of sports, please visit www.thesn.com slash OB. Play for thousands of dollars with thousands of people across the world. If you'd like to support the Asbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theasbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any for winning cappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Asbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. We have a great show for you today. It is NFL Week 11, and we're going to bring back Brady Cannon, former Super Contest. Winner to break down this week's slate of games. Can't wait to talk to Brady about that and talk some NFL. But before we get into that, I just want to mention that Patrick Gates is doing an amazing job at hockey as well as golf. I hope you guys are listening to his Expected Bets podcast. It's just been absolutely phenomenal uh, following him. some of his bets. He was on a 14-3 and run. Him and Gretzky's Betsky's and Franco the Banker has been doing uh, absolutely fantastic over there. And I, I just want to give Patrick some props. If you like hockey, you, you should be following what he is doing. He's a, he's very passionate on the hockey side of things as well as the golf side of things. He also loves the ponies. So give Patrick Gates a follow at Gator Betting if you have a chance. I also want to give a shout out to BetMGM. They have some great promotions for you guys to sign up, a $1,500 sign-up bonus. It's always great to have multiple books out there. So check out the link to this podcast description, and you can get a massive bonus just by signing up. It's always good to have as many outs as possible when you are sports betting, right? It's not like you rely on one thing. You want to shop around your numbers and get the best numbers possible that's what makes the pros successful and that's what's going to make you successful in the sports betting world all right without further ado let's get right into our show in nfl week 11 with mr brady cannon all right now i am pleased to welcome back a great handicapper and nfl contest winner in brady cannon a writer for the pga tour at golf bet and Brady, man, we are dead late into the uh, NFL season. I think we're kind of rounding the corner here. I'm so happy to have you on. I've been waiting to, to bug you. It's just been such a crazy October. But here you are. Uh, you have so much going on. Uh, you can follow Brady at Las Vegas uh, Golfer, by the way. How the heck you doing this week, Brady? I'm doing great, Kiev. Good to be with you again. Yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, I think we... I know last year we saw each other before the season started. We did a little bit there at Circa, you know, signing up for contests and all that stuff. And I believe I've seen you one time in between, but I think this is kind of the first time we've really gotten together and talked shop on football this season. Yeah, that's right. It's right. And um, there's a long list, but you're on one of the top. It's just, it's just been such <laughs> a busy football season. We talked about the U.S. Open with Patrick Gates. 
uh, earlier yeah. in the summer. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, here we are again, and golf's going to be ramping up after the Masters. But you're, you've are you been busy yourself doing all kinds of stuff. Sports Grid, uh, writer at the PGA Tour, man. You've really, you're really all over the place these days. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. You know, I still have my regular golf job here in Las Vegas that I've done for 25 years making tee times for people. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm on Sports Grid just about every day of the week and uh, sometimes more than once. And not only talking golf, but obviously NFL football as well. And then, you know, the PGA Tour, uh, I started there in March writing for their betting division called Golf Bet. And I write a couple of columns for them every week. And now this week, the last week of the, uh, the the fall series, if you will, and then 2024 season will begin in January. So I'll have a, a few weeks off here uh, before golf ramps up again in 2024. But definitely keeping me busy, Kiev. And you know how it is during football season, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. uh, there, there aren't many days days off no matter what so. no there's not my friend and uh we have a full slate of games here and especially with the other sports popping up i just tell people don't do everything do what you can and uh don't stress over it you know because if you try to do too much you become uh, not as good at anything you know it's uh yeah taking too I much agree. on so but that's uh you know what we like to preach here but you've always been great in the nfl so thanks for coming on but you know before we get into our nfl slate of games i always like to ask uh, value questions because you know people uh, are curious on what teams might be kind of on the way up and on the way down so uh i guess just any you can do one or two however you feel give me two teams that are undervalued in the marketplace maybe right now up to this date and maybe two teams that are overvalued uh for the next few weeks well I i'm gonna go one better and give you maybe like two and a half or three uh, I'll, I'll start with the undervalued teams and, and at the top of my list is the Houston Texans. You know, it, it seems like week in and week out, my numbers tell me that this is a play on team and, and I have been on them. I was on them last week. I didn't expect them to beat the Bengals outright. I thought there was a chance, but uh, I was certainly on them plus the six and a half. I think I actually got seven earlier in the week, but um, this team, you know, they they throw the ball downfield a lot with C.J. Stroud, yet he rarely turns it over. Their offensive line has been really good in pass protection, giving him the time to throw. I, I think there's, you know, something to the coaching as well. I think D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick have been fantastic. You know, they both yeah. come over from the 49ers, and that mojo is kind of carried over. I, I think that gives them a push as well. I think the, as far as I can tell, these guys are doing a tremendous job because I mean, they seem to have at least the last couple of weeks, they've had a laundry list of injuries and, and it doesn't matter. Um, you know, it seems they have the stigma uh, of being the Houston Texans and, but they continue to, to exceed their reputation. If you will, they, I actually bet them to win the division Kiev before they beat uh, Cincinnati last week. I got them at plus plus six fifty. And now they're down to plus 250. Um, so maybe that's an indication that the market is catching up. But again, my numbers say that they're a play against Arizona this week, too. And we've seen that line creep up. So, you know, it, it's funny to to wonder why maybe they're still undervalued. And it, it seems like it's maybe just that stigma. They're the Texans. You know, they're perennially bad, it seems. But but no, this team's pretty good, and, and I think they have a heck of a shot to win the division. They have an easier schedule from here on out than do the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. So 
they're one of my teams for sure. Um, the next team is the Chicago Bears. You know, as weird as that is to say, they have been sneakily improving over the last few weeks here. Their, their defense has become a lot better. They're very good in stopping the run. They have a good running game on offense. And now they get Justin Fields back, you know, to even boost that running game even further. Tyson Bagent was okay. You know, he, he kept the ship together, won a couple games, also made a lot of mistakes. But, but meanwhile, while he was kind of just holding things together, the defense was getting better. They're still the Chicago Bears. I still have them well below average. They still don't look good in the win and loss column. But I think for a couple weeks here, you might be able to find some value on this team, especially if they keep losing games. I think you're going to continue to see the market undervalue them. You know, I think they're a play this week. I mean, the numbers come down now to like seven and a half against the Lions. But I thought nine or ten was way too high. And and they're probably going to lose this game to the Lions. And if it's not incredibly competitive, you might continue to get value on the Chicago Bears. And then finally, the Minnesota Vikings. You know, it's a, it's a weird scenario here where you've got this team having won five in a row and you feel like the bottom's going to fall out eventually. And, and, you know, let's not get too excited about this team. And you know how that goes. You know, what comes up must go down. But oh, yeah. Again, the numbers the numbers continue to say that this is a play on team like the Texans. Now, it's going to be a very interesting test this week in Denver because that team is rapidly improving as well. I still don't think they're very good. We, we saw on Monday night they were gifted four turnovers. They still struggled on offense. The defense is certainly improving. They are on the upswing for sure. They're, they're not a great team yet. Um, and, and Minnesota – even with the loss of Cousins, they've continued to exceed expectations. So weird dynamic here with that game. But but Minnesota is a team that because of probably the change at quarterback, I think they're probably still being a little bit undervalued as well. No, I love it. That makes total sense. Um, I, I agree, and I've been riding the Texans for a long time, and I kind of wonder if they've peaked or anything yet. But I was on them plus eight, goes to plus six and a half. I'm happy, but I'm, I'm thinking to myself the way the NFL's been going, I'll lose this by 10, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the NFL's been a little crazy, but no, it's, the Texans have been a wonderful team to bet on, especially as a dog. Um, Pat, you know, it's funny, I, I put the Packers, and it, it's weird. I know Jordan Love's not that great, um, and I know... This team has some issues with injuries on defense, but when Jari Alexander comes back, I just think that it's weird to see the Packers plus seven and a half next week against the Lions and the Bears plus seven and a half this week against the Lions. I still, even though the Bears are a little bit underappreciated in the market, I still think they're a point or two worse than the Packers. It's just kind of strange to see that. Now they're dogs at, against an inconsistent Chargers team by three points here at home, which I find very interesting for this game. So that's going to be a, 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 one of those games that could surprise people coming up this week. Um, I also said Arizona and Carolina. And I, and I don't mean by a ton, but Carolina's a bad team, but they've been very injured. And, and at this point, they just got to play for the integrity of themselves. Um, this is a weird spot for Dallas, and I normally love betting Dallas to, you know, blow teams away, and they that's what they do. They're bullies. But this might be a spot being that Thanksgiving's kind of coming up. You know, they're off a big win from last week. Uh, you know, that they might, you know, just take it a little bit more easy here. So I'm not saying I'm betting Carolina yet. I'm considering it. You know, I'm, I'm going to wait and see how much this line goes up because I think it does go up. 
And uh, I, I and I think Carolina's just going to slow the game down and muddy it up a little bit. Burns should be back. He had a full practice as well today. Um, Arizona just they're going to ride a Kyler Murray hype, and and they rode it last week a little bit. But I think Kyler Murray kind of just is one of those guys that you know could just get them back in any game just with his legs, mm-hmm. you know, in any mm-hmm. game. So now I kind of like Arizona as a dog, but as a favorite, I'm going to stay the hell away from them if they have an opportunity <laughs> to be a favorite this year. I'm not sure there's too many opportunities coming up, but I think Arizona might be a sneaky dog in a few places. Now, how about overvalued? I have three of them myself here. I'll let you go first. Okay, well, I started with, uh, believe it or not, the Buffalo Bills And the Buffalo Bills, if you just look at their numbers, they still grade out quite high in a number of areas statistically, but they aren't living up to it. Um, I I think the play calling definitely became too predictable. It's lost a lot of its creativity. And the change from Brian Dable to Ken Dorsey, maybe that is just now catching up to where we're seeing that that it really is a large downgrade last year. It didn't really seem to miss much of a beat, but now obviously Dorsey being fired, you wonder what's behind all of that. Um, But, you know, it it seems like maybe it just took a while for for the change from Dayball to Dorsey to show up. And and I think it has Um, Matt Milano, the the loss uh, on defense, I identified about a month ago that that was really a bigger deal than I expected. Yeah. Uh, the run defense became awful, like in a hurry for the Buffalo Bills. Now, they had a great defensive effort on Monday night, but that was kind of an outlier. Uh, their defense has definitely been gettable uh, since Milano left that uh, lineup. I, I think, you know, like I was talking about with the Houston Texans, where they, they're still perceived as the Texans. The Buffalo Bills are still perceived as the big, bad Buffalo Bills who have won the division for three straight years. I wondered if they were going to be able to sustain that before the season started. They haven't been able to. You know, it it seems like over the last three years they were – and maybe they fell off just a tick last year. And now, obviously, they've fallen off even more. They've been hampered by injuries the past couple seasons, and now it's kind of all coming together together in a bad way for the Buffalo Bills. They haven't been able to hang on to that. And and the market is still kind of treating them as the big bad Buffalo Bills, but they are in no way living up to it. I have them just one and a half points above average right now in my ratings. Uh, The second one is, is the Cincinnati Bengals. And this one's weird because they find ways to win. You've got Joe Burrow You know, I I think there's a belief out there in the marketplace that this team is going to go on a run like they always seem to do in the second half of the season. They seem to always start out slow. And then the next thing you know, they're in the AFC championship or something like that. I think this team this year is different. They do have a lot of holes on defense. We talked about it preseason. They lost two really good safeties. And it it really hasn't changed. And they haven't been able to overcome that, it seems. Uh, Yards per play, they're bad on both sides of the ball. Yards per pass attempt, Burrow's still not throwing it downfield a whole lot. And on defense, they're giving up a a lot of yards uh, per pass attempt. They're not good on third down, and they're not very good in red zone defense either. So, you know, again, I think reputation and past history – And that guy, Joe Burrow, is that guy. I think that keeps them a little bit elevated in the market than what truly is going on on the field for this team. I I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Ravens win on Thursday night and win by margin and and cover the spread there. Uh, They're dealing with some injuries now. You know, Trey Hendricks. 
Hendrickson was cleared to play, but can he really be 100% on a short week on the road? Uh, Sam Hubbard is out for this game, as is T. Higgins. So you, you might, I, I mean, we saw it last week where the Texans go in there and win outright. Now, granted, that was a bad scheduling spot for Cincinnati as well. Off of the Sunday night into the short week against a division opponent in the Baltimore Ravens. But but I think that might have been more about the truth of this team than, than what a lot of people are believing. Uh, I just look at the numbers and, and you know, Kiev, I, I didn't even believe my own numbers. So I said, okay, let's, let's split the first half of the season and the second half of what we've, you know, the last four or five weeks because the Bengals have improved. The numbers don't change that much. They still do have a lot of flaws. So at the same time, they find ways to win ball games, And, and that's kind of like my next team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, we know it's been well documented. They've been outgained in every single game. They're not a very good team. Um, you look at the game against uh, the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night. Kenny Pickett was awful for at least half that game, sailing the ball over receivers' heads. And he comes up with a fourth quarter comeback to win it. Uh, they play awful against, I mean, they're totally dominated by the Baltimore Ravens and they win that game. They were dominated by the Cleveland Browns and they win that game. The Rams blow it late and they win that game. Uh, this they burn my tickets, my friend. They burn my tickets. Oh, you know, and I've even bet on them. I, I bet I was on them last week against the Packers because I'm like, I, even though my numbers said Packers, I'm like, I know the Steelers are going to find a way to win this because the Packers aren't that good. The Packers are a team. You talk about being under undervalued. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but they're they're not meeting what their numbers are. The numbers say they're okay, but they continue to come up short. They're the opposite you know, of the again, Steelers. Totally, totally. So those are my three right there. Um, mm-hmm. The Steelers are a real tough one to figure out. No, I don't that, recall was... having seen a team like this recently where, I mean, they're six and three and, and they are improving. You know, Jalen Warren, uh, the running back, I think is doing a lot for this offense, giving them an explosive player out of the backfield and the combination with he and Najee Harris seems to be working, but they're just not very good at the same time as a team. They're, they're not great. And, and, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, I think maybe one more week before he's back, but he does, he's a difference maker as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question, but it, I'll give you mine real quick. And I agree. The bills were my first ones. It's it, they fired Ken Dorsey as a scapegoat for Josh Allen's mistakes. And uh, maybe Ken Dorsey wasn't super creative, but he did learn from Dayball. So it's like, you know, it's like the team has these plays. What the heck is going on here? And it, it, teams figure it out. You got to adjust. But man, it's also Josh Allen not using his legs. You know, Josh Allen won in his legs. Yeah. He's powerful. He's very inconsistent quarterback. He's either going to blow you away or lose. And the Ravens have been like that as well. Um, you know, and that's going to be the talk about our first quick game. But um, the Bills, definitely that defense and Milano, you said it all. And I've said the same thing for a few weeks. Milano's just a massive loss to them. And uh, they're just an average team right now that is either going to an average team that's going to lose or blow some away. So it's really hard to bet on the Bills, in my opinion. Um, You fade them as a favorite, maybe bet on them as a dog type situation, right? That's the only way you'd look at it. Uh, Saints are a little bit overvalued, I think. Uh, You know, the Saints are just... The Saints are an easy puzzle for me, Kiev. If if they're in the position as a favorite, I'm going to bet against them, and especially if they're a road favorite. I did that Derek last week. Derek Carr yeah. and 
Yeah, me too. Derek Carr and Dennis Allen are the worst quarterback and head coach record-wise uh, as favorites, and I know as road favorites in the NFL. So if I, but you're right, the 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 market continues to give them that favoritism. Mm -hmm. I'm like, keep keep it coming, guys. Keep it coming, yeah. it, it, and we'll see if they do. But the power ratings, like public power ratings, have them right 16th or 17th best team. So yeah, they're going to get uh, those favorite roles against some of the that easy schedule that they have. So they'll be an easy fade. Even with James Jameis Winston so inconsistent, uh, Denver is my other one. And now Denver tried to lose that game. It's just that the Bills on outstunk them, you know. And Russell Wilson, <laughs> yeah, Russell Wilson's getting credit for the Kansas City win, and they did do well. But this was Kansas City's like. Go to bed spot, you know. I mean, yeah. Patrick Mahomes threw yeah. four picks. They're winning because of the turnover margin. They're not going to win because they're good. Oh yeah, it, oh, you, yeah. you know. So I agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I, I absolutely. They have been the beneficiary of turnovers for a couple weeks in a row here. I mean, and they still, if it wasn't for a twelfth man, they still would have lost that game. I mean, which which is crazy because they they pretty much completely outplayed the Bills. You know, so they are. I, it's hard to say if they're overvalued or undervalued. I don't think they're that good. Um, they are improving, however. They're a lot better than they were early in the season. 100%. They are better than that, but still not average. And they're getting as a favorite against Minnesota. And we'll get into that yeah. game. Uh, you know, this Steelers thing you said, and that's the obvious one, outgain in every game. What do you do as a handicapper with this team? It's like they've already burned our tickets, but the, the time we don't fade them, they'll just get smoked. I I, th I feel like there's all kinds of different ways of handicapping. They're, they're, they're just, they seem to be a bad team that has an amazing clutch gene. You know, just like if they can <laughs> yeah, just get yeah. to the end, they'll get the pick, they'll get the turnover and pick it, they'll just luck out to Pickens or 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 Deontay Johnson or one of his playmakers, right? I, I feel that that's them. That's hard to handicap because it doesn't show up on metrics. It shows the only thing it shows up on is wins and losses. And us handicappers hate wins and losses, Brady. <laughs> yeah, no, you 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 nailed it. Uh, you're right. It doesn't really show up in the stats. It's just kind of a, a gut feeling you sometimes have to react on uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, sometimes I, I think it was that way last week. My numbers said Packers, but I was like, I just don't see it happening. Congrats um, on that one. Because I had the hook, three in the hook. And that missed extra point uh, pretty much ouch. killed me, my friend. Yeah. And, and it made them have to go for touchdowns at the end. And they threw the pick in the end zone, just completely getting out gained. But yeah, it's it, what do we do with them? I, I don't know if you stay away from them or if you just have to just suck it up and go, and keep doing what your numbers say, you know? I think you have to continue to to fire against them what when it looks right and and especially against a decent team and I think this week is a perfect example now I know obviously Deshaun Watson is out for the Cleveland Browns but Cleveland is a much better team than Pittsburgh all right we'll get I in, have Pittsburgh we'll get we'll, we'll go we'll go into that game uh as soon as we cue that baby up um, because I kind of wanted you to, uh, th you know, think about those thoughts coming in to when the, then we when we get those on rotation. So the first game, though, is what we mentioned before with the Ravens. You know, what's funny about the Ravens, Brady, is that they're similar to the Steelers in the fact that they should have like I lost the survivor uh, one survivor pick. It, it was a it was a teaser and a money line parlay. I asked, I had some great line value with the Ravens, right? Hey, the the Cleveland Browns are without their offensive tackle. I think 
you know, that, that this is a great spot for the Ravens to kind of just put it on them and they're up by dual, double digits and John Harbaugh's just guys Lamar dancing around and fumbling and getting sacked and throwing picks. It's just like unexplainable. And then you have this spread of minus three and a half here for the Ravens. My metrics don't even come close to this, like you said. You know, yeah. It, my recency metrics have the Ravens by seven. My year-long metrics have the Ravens by nine or ten. Yet this spread is three right. and a half, and I'm not going to bet the three and a half. And I'm not just because the Bengals are going to cover somehow. You know, it's just one of those weird situations. Yeah. It, it's Harbaugh that blows it, and it, it's it, it's like I, I think Ravens' first half might be a good look. Yeah, I, yeah, because then you you take yourself out of the possible collapse that John Harbaugh is going to allow to happen. Um, no, I, I'm with you. I mean, my first set of numbers came out to the Ravens minus 12 and a half. And I was like, what's going on here? And then, you know, like I was saying earlier about the Bengals, I went ahead and took their year-long numbers and then whittled it down to just the last few three or four or five weeks as well. And, and they actually don't change a whole lot. What I came out to in the end was an average number of Ravens by eight and a half. I, I think they're going to win and cover tonight. Um, but you're right. There's that Joe Burrow thing. There's that division game thing that tells you, you know, buyer beware. But I, I, if this game plays out the way it should, You've got the Bengals on a short week on the road. They're banged up. The Ravens should win this game by margin in my mind. The other thing, I, I saw a crazy stat that I, I didn't know. Um, a good follow on Twitter, Evan Abrams, who comes out with some wild trends and what have you. And some, you know, like how it is with any trend, Kiev, you, you have to, it has to make sense. It can't be just uh, random. Right. Um, and this one, it, it's happened so often. And you wonder what it is. The, the Cincinnati Bengals are 1-23 and 23 straight up on the road in night games in the last 25 years. And that includes having lost 13 in a row. And here they are in a night game on the road. I mean, you know, when, when it's been that true for that long, you, you wonder, you know, that, that's got to be a hurdle that they seem to have trouble getting over. Was that that um, one a playoff game against the against the uh, Bills last year? Was that night or day? Maybe that was a day game, but there was, must have been. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, because it's, but, it's, it's uh, amazing. Stat. That's just a wild stat, and 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 in this case, I think it it holds some weight because you've got these guys a little bit injured and on a short week and on the road in a very. I mean. You know, I've heard some people kind of say that they, they're not liking the scheduling spot that they gave Cincinnati here, having a big-time division game on a Thursday night. I, I kind of agree, but, you know, who cares? You, this is the schedule that's been put in front of you. Deal with it. And, and I think it's a tough spot to deal with for the Cincinnati Bengals here. Yeah, it's very tough. And without T. Higgins, it's going to be tough. And without their mm -hmm. one of their defensive ends, now the Ravens are banged up a little bit too. But it, this is such a funny – I guess experience to talk about here on this show because this is the complete difference between a metric handicapper that loves the Ravens and like a creative division dog second game Bengal Joe Burrow handicapper right I mean uh -huh. anyone that does metrics likes the likes likes the Ravens anybody that kind of says 
the bang, the Bengals are just going to do it because that's what's going to happen. You know that the, the, it's a division game. They're at, it's it's a, a massive game for them because it's division, and you have Joe Burrow who's ranked better than Lamar Jackson, and it's almost like it, throw the numbers away. This is going to be a close game. So I I, I find that uh, just very amazing how i how i've seen this like i've watched a lot of cappers talk about this game the metric ones do like the ravens i mean i'm not gonna lie i'm, I'm with you on that I'm, I'm not betting it because i've i've been burned in this situation before and i've actually thought that creative capping has to enter my realm a little bit more but um and i do like joe burrow more than lamar by a little bit but um i understand it because i have the ravens by 10 points I do. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's, I it, I, I, I'm not going against that. I will not go against that because of my creative size to do it. So that's, that's kind of where I'm standing still here. Let's move on to the next game. The Cardinals against the Texans on their bet Fred odd screen. Uh, Texans are minus five. The total on this is 49. It almost sounded like you kind of like the Texans. Yeah, I do. Uh, I have not played them uh, versus the traditional point spread. Um, I might uh, go ahead and use them in a money line parlay or a teaser or something like that. I want to see where this number kind of settles in. Uh, but my numbers came to, I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was like 6.9, almost a seven point favorite, six and a half, seven point favorite is where my numbers came out on the Texans. Um, you know, Kyler Murray makes you think a little bit. I mean, if this was the old Cardinals, you'd probably certainly have a different spread and, and maybe an either easier path to victory for Houston. But, you know, Kyler was good. He, he looked extremely mobile. Uh, he did a great job scrambling. He ran the ball. But, you know, is he really that much of a change for this Arizona team? I think one of the biggest things we talked about Matt Milano for the Bills. I identified a huge change for the Arizona Cardinals with the loss of James Conner. Uh, I mean, that just completely changed the dynamic of their offense when they didn't have a running game. And it was very difficult. This team that was really scrappy, feisty, competitive for at least half a game, if not three quarters or more. And then finally, the talent gap just, just came to fruition and teams started to pull away from them late in the game. All that went away when they lost James Conner. They were not competitive really at all. Um, now he's back and now you have Kyler Murray, but is that going to be able to carry over for a second straight week? I think there was a real good vibe in the locker room last week with Kyler coming back and Connor coming back off of injury. And, and I was on the, the Cardinals last week and they pulled off the outright win. Is that now going to happen on the road against certainly an upgrade of an opponent? Um, I do, I do lean with the Texans here and, and, and you, you know, you have to, guard against am I fallen for this bandwagon stuff on Houston no you know my numbers said so and then I saw the market you know reinforce that as well and and so yeah I I think the Texans you know five is a weird number you'd love to have four where it was earlier in the week but it's moved to full point too that's got to tell you something as well so great points I love Houston but I love them as a dog yeah. I, I the pri and I think this should should be more money line for you because I think they win by three. Mm -hmm. My problem with they, they I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Yeah, it, it's they're zero and three as a favorite this year, and of course they could have kicked the if they had a kicker they would kick the extra point and cover the two and a half last week, which burned me. Yeah, that other. one kind of doesn't count. Yeah, yeah burned two week, everybody. Two weeks ago, two <laughs> weeks ago it killed me. So you, it's hard to count that one, but that's just kind of how they've been performing as a favorite. Yet when a team finally becomes good, 
they come up sneaking on people and they're motivated as a dog, but when they're laying points, it's a weird situation for them and they're just not ready to cover those laying type point spreads. And then, you know, you have Kyler Murray and James Conner coming back. I, I think it just gives the Cardinals a little bit more faith in them. I think they kind of like their coach and Gannon. And I, I, I think he's really good. I've been impressed with him, man. As weird as, as that man is and his interviews and his little thing, little videos, he is, he's, he's been okay. He's been better than I thought, you know, I agree. He's, he's been better than I thought as well. And, and, you know, for as bad as we all thought that team would be, he, he I think he's overachieved so far. He has, he has. It's hard to put a value on Kyler Murray because you had your Josh Dobbs that we found out's a good quarterback that just had bad pieces. Um, and then he started out pretty good and then kind of just everything just, you know, they played some really rough competition, you know. I mean, uh, they played the Niners, they played the Eagles, you know, they, they played some tough teams. Um it was either oh, Dallas, they beat Dallas, but uh, there was, and then, and then you got Kyler Murray. That's a little bit different because he's got a different style than Dobbs. Dobbs at least tries to pass the ball a lot. Uh, Kyler Murray will roll out and he'll take off a lot quicker. And as long as Kyler's doing that, that's when you like Kyler to cover. You know, I think Kyler can backdoor any spread against any team down by 10, you know, down by whatever you know, he can get back into the game. And, and I think that's how they lose. I think that, you know, there's probably going to be down by, you know, 10, 11 points, whatever it is. Maybe it's 24 to 13. And then he gets the back door, you know, and they lose by four or five, three, three or four points. So I like the five a little bit here. Um, I'm going to give you a lean on it, though, because, you know, you're still going against the Texans here. So slight disagreement. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the next one. We have... The Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. The Lions are minus seven and a half. This thing crumbled. Total is 48. Now, Brady, I, I bet the Bears at 10 and a half. You know, I mean, I saw that. I was like, you serious? Justin Fields coming back. Terrible spot for the Lions. They're in a shootout last week. Then they got Thanksgiving coming up next week. You know, it, it's it's just um, one of those weird spots for the Lions. And uh, the Bears with Fields can backdoor anybody but at the same time you know what worries me now that it's down to seven and a half and i even typed this all up i said bears up by six just or bears down by six justin fields is driving oh no he gets hit by hutchinson he is he, <laughs> he, he, he fumbles the ball scoop and score lions lions win by 13 you know it's, it's just that's what justin fields has been kind of doing a lot over the past couple of years it's a frustrating thing, but I took the value. Um, now, to be honest with you, it's probably at a number that's pretty fair. I I still yeah. think that um, I would bet the Lions at seven and a half, but now I don't have to because we took it at ten and a half. Yeah, I actually got nine and a half. You were a little bit quicker to jump on it than I was, but I but it's I mean not that nine and ten are the same number, but we're certainly on the other side of eight, which I think is important. I don't think this is a two possession game or a, a two score game. I think this probably ends as a one score contest uh, with the lions coming out on top. And I, I also think you're right. Seven and a half is probably about the right number. My, my power ratings came out to uh, Detroit eight and a half. And then when I ran all the stats and stuff like that, I came out with Detroit minus three and a half. Um, it, it, I don't, I think three and a half is probably too low. I think nine and a half or 10 and a half is too high. So, you know, somewhere in that six to seven range is probably the right number in this game. You know, Detroit, 
defensively has been giving up uh, a lot uh, of yardage and, 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 you know, scoring in every which way. Uh, their defense has not been good the last few weeks. They were torched by the Ravens. They went up and down the field with the Chargers. And, you know, we talked about this in teams that are being overvalued and undervalued. The Bears, meanwhile, have been improving, and now they get Justin Fields back. So, um, I, again, I think the market – now it's corrected itself here. But initially, when this was at 10 and even 9, um, I don't think the, the market was necessarily recognizing that the Bears have been on the uptick and not that the Lions have been on a downswing. I think they're still a very good team. I like this club a lot. But they, they've gotten into some shootouts lately where they've given up some points. And like you mentioned, that back door being open with Justin Fields, I think Chicago will be able to keep this game competitive. I don't think they're going to get blown out of the water. But, uh, yeah, you know, Lions now at 7.5 become a very good teaser play. Uh, I mean, you could kind of go both ways with this and try and middle it. You having 10.5 and, and now, you know, playing Detroit in a money line parlay or a teaser. Um, I, I think that's where this game is going to fall. Lions by four or five points is what I would say. Yep, yep. That's that's fair enough. I, I agree with that. My, my pure metrics have Lions by 6.9 for my algorithm. Mm-hmm. So that's, I, I'm with you on that one. You know, you're a little bit lower at the three and a half, four, but. Yeah, it's uh, the Lions really showed that bad defense last week, and that's concerning. So uh, I can't bet I'm in a bad spot. This is probably a good play, ty- uh, place to play the Bears if you're going to play them anywhere this year. You're getting them a, a division game, second division game that's, uh, against the same team. Seven and a half past the touchdown. It's probably the best place to play them still. So we have agreement on that one. Let's move on to the Cowboys-Panthers. Now, this is 10 and a half, and I kind of alluded to, I think the Panthers are under undervalued. Am, am I excited to take the Panthers? No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, the Cowboys beat up their bully teams, and they make it look really easy, but I'm not taking the Cowboys this week either. I, I am neutral on this. Um, I think that the, the public takes this up to 12. Maybe you get a 12 and a half later. I think you're just, you know, the whole narrative on the Cowboys being bullies is just going to keep flying. And and if you like the Panthers, maybe you suck it up and take them later. What are your thoughts on this? I'm going to stay away from this game, I believe, Kiev. Uh, I, I can't recall off the top of my head for sure, but I'm pretty sure my average number came out to Dallas by about 12 in this game. I, I, I think I'm right in that 10 to 12 window, which is, you know, obviously where the number is. So I didn't necessarily show an advantage there uh, one way or another. But I don't really want to be on this Panthers team right now. I, I think there's a mess going on. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Frank Reich and, and he's on the hot seat and, you know, he changes and goes to, I think his name is Thomas Brown. If I recall, you know, he makes a change and, and gives this gentleman uh, the play calling duties. And now he's rescinding that, you know, he, he's very wishy-washy apparently with what's going on there. I think that's probably creating distraction and division. This it, There's... There's probably too much mess going on right now with this team for me to feel that they can really put forth a, a um, concentrated and, you know, um, ganging together in a cohesive effort. I, I think there might be too many moving parts in, in a bad way going on right now with this Panthers team. And I think Bryce Young is a long ways away from becoming a very successful quarterback in this league. I think he's a good kid. I think he's got mobility. I think he's got accuracy, but uh, he hasn't found it yet. And, and I don't know if it's going to be this year. I don't see it happening anytime soon. 
That Dallas defense is nasty. They create a lot of turnovers. You know, they, they have been a team that has beaten up on poor competition. They're kind of like the Miami Dolphins, but they're starting to find a gear too. And they, they, they should have covered against Philadelphia if not had won that game. So this team might be catching its stride right here. And I certainly don't think the Panthers are going to be a speed bump in that process. So I'm going to stay away from this game, Kiev. Good segue into the next game because I'm staying away as well. Uh, Raiders at Miami. Miami's about 13 and a half. It looks like there's a little bit coming back on the Raiders at plus 13 and a half, minus 115 at Betfred. Total is 46.5. So, I mean, the same concept are Miami bullies. Is the Raiders really believing in Tony Pierce? What is your thoughts on this? Well, my numbers come to, you know, well under the 13. I think my numbers are, I I think eight was maybe on the low end and maybe 10 or so was on 10 or 11 was on the high end. But (laughs) I think Miami's going to roll the Raiders. Um, You know, you talk about the creative side versus the metrics side. I don't necessarily believe my metrics in this case because of the situation that both of these teams are really going through. You have the Dolphins going into a bye week, having lost two out of their last three. So I would call that a little bit of a struggle. Um, Devon Achan is going to be back for this game. And then you have the Las Vegas Raiders going through that honeymoon period with Antonio Pierce you know, ding dong, the witch is dead. Josh McDaniels is out of the building. Everybody's throwing a party, smoking cigars, and it worked. And it was a perfect scenario for it to work with them having two straight games at home against the New York Giants and the awful offense of the New York Jets. So it it all worked. Now it, it gets real. I think it's back to reality for the Raiders. They're not a very good team. They're going to face a team that went into their bye week struggling. As I mentioned, I typically like to bet on those teams coming out the other side because the bye, the bye gives them a time to pause and reset and figure out what the, what wasn't working. I, I think McDaniel, Mike McDaniel and company will get that done for Miami. I think they'll run all over the Raiders with a Chan back. Uh, I haven't bet this game and I might find a way to bet it. Um, but I, and you, you, what you said about the buyback happening at 13, that makes sense with the numbers. I talked about the analytics, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the dolphins won this one by 20 points. This reminds me of the, I mean, which you had last week, um, worst quarterback in DeVito, but the Cowboys were 17 point favorites, 17 and a half, 18, and they covered it easily even yeah. with the two backdoor touchdowns that affected the total last week. But it's the same. I, I have the Raiders metrically by eight and a half, but I'm pounding. I pounded the Dolphins at nine and a half uh, right on Sunday. Good for you. Right yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, I and, think in, anything, uh, I mean, in, some people tell you anything under 14 is a good play, and I'm not necessarily going to argue. Oh, this uh, is going to be a contest play at 13 get, and a half. I'm still going to go way against my metrics because you're right. Good for you. The, the, good for you. The, the, the creative <laughs> I, I'm handicap. I'm not doubting you, buddy. The creative yeah. handicap has been so important, and the NFL with a, now a 17 game schedule and these these men hitting themselves at full speed, you have to just take a leak out. Like you saw the Lions at the Ravens are like, well, 
Uh, do I have to go get beat up against the Ravens? You know, the Lions l- kind of gave that game away. You know, Seattle did the same thing at the Ravens. This is going to be the same situation because, you know, they're in a letdown spot. They 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 beat the Jets. They beat two spreads. Now everyone's partying and happy with Pierce. And I agree. He's a, oh, better, yeah. he's a better coach. He sh- probably should be the head coach next year. And hopefully they won't make that stupid mistake like they did before and not hire the interim coach that did great. Yeah. Got him in the playoffs. But, right. um, but it, it's just a spot where... Miami is powerful on offense. They are rested from the bye. They need to get yep. things right. Uh, that you have a rookie quarterback in Aiden O'Connell over there that's overperformed, and I like him. And maybe he's going to shot to be a starter. He didn't look like that at Purdue, but maybe no. Maybe, well, maybe. I mean, look look at him against the Chargers and even against the Jets. He didn't do much. No, he know? didn't have to. So, I mean. Yeah, the Raiders won that game. They covered the spread. This, but they didn't look that good. They made some great to play, uh, great plays defensively. They have been improved defensively this year. But I think it's four. four I, I can't remember exactly where I have my. I think I still have them about three or four points below average, and I think that's going to show up this week. I think so too. Chargers, Packers, and the Packers are plus three home dogs. Total is 44. I mean, as a Bears fan, I love seeing the Packers in our boat finally for the first time in, uh, what, about 40 years or something? Uh, since 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 my 1980s days of watching the Bears uh, with McMahon and Peyton and all those great guys. But now it's just been too much hell watching Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers over the years, and I'm enjoying this. Uh, at the same time, <laughs> the Packers are a little undervalued, I think, but they can't put it in the end zone. Uh, the Chargers, there's no way I would lay points with them on the road. But I am telling you what I'm going to do. I am going to use the Packers as a teaser leg because I think it's going to eventually hit two and a half anyway. So I took them up to nine, and I'll tell you who I'm going to partner with them later, uh, Brady. Okay, yeah. No, I, I think that's a good way to approach it. And it seems like, you know, about the f- fifth week in a row that my numbers tell me the Packers are the side, but like we talked about earlier, they continue to underperform with what uh, their numbers are telling you they're doing. Uh, they continue to find ways to lose games and, and not cover spreads and, and what have you. Um, I looked at this one hard. I haven't made a play on it yet, but there's a situation that I really like to go against. And, and this is the only one I believe on the schedule this year, but from week 10 out, uh, Uh, from week 10 through the rest of the regular season, a dome team or a team that plays indoors going to Green Bay has an absolutely awful record against the spread. And again, I say, you know, do trends make sense? Well, it certainly makes sense. When week 10 on, when we're just about at Thanksgiving, it's freezing cold at Lambeau Field and you get a team that plays indoors like the Los Angeles Chargers or the Los Angeles Rams or what have you. and, And they go in there and they really struggle in the cold weather. Um, that would qualify for the Los Angeles Chargers, but I just can't trust this Packers team. I mean, a lot of those uh, numbers were done with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre at quarterback. Um, so I, I haven't done anything with this game yet. I, I'm with you, not wanting to lay points on the road with Los Angeles. Um, and, and the teaser makes sense there. You know, uh, if this does go to two and a half, which it looks like it very well could, I could understand taking it to eight and a half with Green Bay. But this is another one where, you know, my numbers don't quite jive with my gut. And, and right now I'm staying away. That makes sense. And that I think everybody's numbers on the Chargers are just kind of like Ravens-ish in a way. Um, 
the Packers, they you need to punch it in. I think that's if they're if 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 Lafleur is working on anything with them, it's what to do in the red zone because they are just blowing it in the red zone. They're moving the ball down the field. Yeah. They've got a great running back in Aaron Jones, and they're just not punching it in right now. Um, my numbers actually do say Packers a little bit, but um, I, 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 I can see the Chargers winning this by a field goal. Um, the Chargers are good when they're playing good and when the coach doesn't get right. in their way. It, <laughs> yeah. when, when the coach doesn't get in their way and when the, you know, the game's kind of flowing well and you don't have too much on Herbert. you know, and yeah, they, they, they could probably beat anybody in the NFL uh, on, a, on any given Sunday, like they say. Oh, yeah. But they could also probably lose by 30 to any team. I mean, they're, my, they're very fickle. My, my recency numbers have the Chargers uh, you know, on the way up a little bit, so that's what I'm worried about. But, yeah. mm-hmm. but, but I think that yep. the teaser is a good way to go. Let's move on to the next game. And, oh, God, is this? do we really have to talk about the Commanders against the Giants? Uh, we don't have to. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty ugly. I'm passing. I'm passing because whatever I say might not make. I have a rule. I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, I haven't bet the game. Probably won't bet the game. I could probably only bet the Giants and the Giants in their history, specifically with Daniel Jones, have been very successful against one team on a regular basis, and that is the Washington Commanders. <sighs> I'm stuck with Survivor because I can't use the the Niners and the Cowboys, and I I, I don't I, think I, I'd go there. I I think it's possible Washington could lose. I, I'm sure, oh. it, it, but yeah. my other one's Buffalo, and they could lose too. So <laughs> I, I do like Buffalo in a teaser, and I'll get to that. But I mean, it's it, when you're in this position, it's like, do I go coin flip stuff? Do I take the Rams or the Seahawks? You know, it's just like you still kind of veer towards the big spread, even though it might knock a bunch of people out. Unfortunately, the commanders will never be able to be used again. So if you didn't use them week one against Arizona, this is where right. you're using them. I mean, there's no other place. Yeah, so, so, so it makes I, sense. So the, yeah. so the strategy is probably to stay away from them and go to the Bills because the Bills, uh, no one's going to use them now after last week. It's like, yeah, that's a good point as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be thinking about this a lot this week, but that's what's the fun about it and everything. And I only have one entry left anyway. Um, in a smaller one, I'm not in the circuit, but I'm in a few. Like I was in a couple smaller ones. Um, I, I'm just gonna say, yeah, I, I when it, my rule is when two bad teams play each other, you're supposed to take the points, but the the, the Giants uh-huh. are absolute snake. I would not shock me if this is a three point game. It, I, I'd be like, oh, oh God. yeah, 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 no, I. Well, Exactly. Like I say, um, what the Giants have been pretty bad for the last few years, if not more. But one thing they've been good in, and especially when Daniel Jones is in there, if you look at his record, I mean, the only team he consistently beats is Washington. So that, that's what kind of scares me about this game. You're, you're at rock bottom. You're absolutely buying as low as you can possibly get on the Giants right now. Might be the spot for him this week. Might be the spot. Let's move on to the next game. We have now the Steelers against the Browns. The Browns are about, eh, pick them, minus one. We'll call it minus one for the sake of this book by Fred Sports. Total is 33. Wait, is this Army playing Navy? The total is <laughs> 33? Brady, geez, man. I think you're going to do the same thing I am, though, because right now, um, I know you started talking about it, but I didn't like the Browns with Deshaun Watson kind of banged up with his ankle at minus four. But I do like them with any quarterback under three. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I would have been nicer with PJ Walker, but maybe DTR. DTR was told he was going to start a couple hours before the game, and he played the Ravens. You right. know, it's like right. that was brutal for him. And now you got a full week with him. He was okay at UCLA. I can't imagine that 
he's that much worse than P.J. Brown. But oh, here's all they have to do. Just run the football. Run it with Ford. Run it with Kareem Hunt. The pet, the Steelers are down two linebackers. Quan Alexander just ripped his ACL. Uh, and uh, and like you said, Micah Fitzpatrick's not back. You know, this is the, run the ball, win the game. Please do that. You know, but I don't have a ton of trust in him. But it's a play for me. I played I played the Browns at the minus uh, two when I thought it was PJ Walker. But I'm okay with it. Obviously, uh, at anything under the three. I'm not so sure DTR isn't better than P.J. Walker. I think he's certainly got a higher ceiling. We know he's much more athletic. Uh, he, he went to school, high school, right here in Las Vegas at Bishop Gorman. Great athlete, was, was obviously incredibly athletic at UCLA. He's kind of like a young Deshaun Watson who can run all over the field. He can make the throws. He was fantastic in the preseason. And you're right. He gets thrown to the wolves, you know, a couple hours before game time. Oh, by the way, you're going to take on the Ravens today, kid. Tough, tough situation. Um, he's had the whole week to prepare this time around. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think uh, there's value certainly on the Browns here. Um, you know, it, it's it's a scenario we've seen a thousand times when you have that quarterback come out, you see it a lot in contest play where, you know, the, the Westgate and the circle lines come out and the game six and all of a sudden the quarterback's gone and it goes down to pick them or whatever, everybody and everybody just hammers the side and it, and it goes the other way, you know, Oh, Pittsburgh's going to kill him. Deshaun Watson's gone. Nah, I, I don't think so at all. I think Cleveland is clearly the better team and, you know, Cleveland wasn't necessarily a team that re relied on the ability of their quarterback. It it's their defense. It's their running game. It's the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, you could put a P.J. Walker in there. You could put a Dorian Thompson Robinson in there and, and manage the game and do your job and don't turn it over. And we're going to win football games. And I think that's what's going to happen. I, I will say my only worry is their two tackles, Wirfs and uh, Conklin yes, have been yes. out. and. TJ Watt could have a field gate if they're stupid enough to make him dance around in the pocket. You know, it, it, like if you're going to do passes, three-step drop out. Um, if you're going to do maybe maybe a rollout play action, which can be stuffed by TJ Watt and others as well, but run the ball. Just run it, run it, run it, punt it. Run, 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 punt. Maybe what you'll break a run or two, and that's all you need. To, that's why this total mm -hmm. is 33. Yeah. So let's hope that they do the right thing in this situation. Titans, Jags. I think they will. Um, you know, a revenge game as well. We talked about yeah. it a little bit earlier, yeah. a game that they never should have lost earlier this season. Yep. I'm sure I was on them too at the time. Uh, <laughs> Titans, Jags, Jags minus seven. I'm actually having an okay NFL year thanks to teasers and totals and stuff. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it, it, uh, I'm not – I'm not, I haven't been great against the spread, but the teasers are keeping me alive and my head above water. Me too. Jaguars minus seven, total 40. Um, this is too many points. Um, I, the, it is. Remember, it is. remember when, when a lot of people took the Jaguars against the Colts at home and Colts were terrible, lost their quarterback, and all of a sudden the Jaguars just flat out lose because that's what they do. You know, they're, they're, they're a big favorite here. Um, no, it was the Texans. It was the Texans. That, that's when it happened. It was the Texans. They were, they, yeah. they, they were, yeah. they were a big favorite and lost by double digits. And so the, the Titans are not a good team. Will Levis is not a good quarterback, but he can kind of make a few throws. But they do have a running game, um, and they do have a defense. And Trevor Lawrence just gets in trouble too much and makes stupid decisions. And whenever the Titans play the Jaguars... 
the game is close. I'm going to let you give me your thoughts, and I'm going to pull up some numbers. I haven't done anything with this game yet, Kiev. My numbers come out clearly on the Titans' side here, but I don't quite trust uh, running to the window with that side. It's probably the side I would use for sure, not just because my numbers, but I do believe it is a little bit inflated on the Jacksonville side. I, I worry about some of the injuries for Tennessee. Um, I, I worry. I mean, they they laid a complete egg last week. You know, six points against the Buccaneers off the bye that, too. That was worrisome. Off that the shouldn't bye. happen. I I will. I don't know if this is total disagreement, but I think Levis is, is decent. I mean, he's got a really good arm. He's made some terrific throws in just a couple of games. I mean, that throw on Thursday night to DeAndre Hopkins against the Steelers over the middle on third down, that was a heck of a throw. Oh, and right that's there. just it, the back door, baby. That's just it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he had a chance to win that game at the end, and, and I thought he was pretty impressive in, in doing so and, and made some good attempts at the end zone to try and score. Obviously, it ends up in an interception in the end, but um, – you know, he has some holes on the offensive line, so he's taken some sacks. But I think the future is pretty bright for this kid. From what I've seen, is, as far as what he's capable of doing, I think he's got some upside. And I think that gives Tennessee a lot better chance than Ryan Tannehill did. Um, you wonder what Jacksonville is going to do as far as responding to pretty much a total embarrassment last week at the hands of the 49ers. Typically, Professional athletes in any sport will respond to embarrassment. Um, so, again, I've stayed away from this game. My numbers are strong on the Titans. I don't know if I can trust them just yet. They should bounce back as well after after last week's off uh, performance against Tampa Bay. If I had to bet it, I'd certainly be on the Titans' side. Haven't done anything yet. I mean, both teams were embarrassed, though. If it was just Correct. one, if it's just it, exactly. one, it'd be different. Yeah. Uh, tight, to look at this. The Titans haven't lost by double digits or past seven points since 2019 of September 19th. I mean, it's been almost like how many games since then? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Seven games against since Jacksonville. Then. Yes, and um, it's, yeah. it's been seven games since that happened. And the, and the Titans also covered a lot of spreads. Uh, four out of the last five they covered. Uh, it the, the last two they lost, but they lost close games. You remember that Josh Dobbs game last year? Um, right, I was at the zoo following this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watching it live on the, at the, at, at the old... Uh, uh, phone on the stroller, pushing it around, watching the game, you know, and uh, it, it was it was like, whoa! Seriously, is Jacksonville going to lose this game? And they win it at the end. But still, this is how the Titans play the the Jaguars. They play them close. And to be honest, with you, my yeah, number division my, game, obviously, you know, so not surprising to to you know find that that is the case between these two teams. You're starting to talk me into uh, <laughs> running the window on the Titans here, but no, that, that's the side I would play, and and maybe I'll get there. My number's three and a half anyway. So yeah, I'll, I'll uh, I, I have no problem taking them. I, I actually took a bad number. I took six and a half early. I thought it'd go more, but with my other value, I'm pretty happy with uh, this week so far anyway. Let's move on to the next game here. Pull up uh, our Betfred odds. Uh, Tampa Bay versus the Niners. The Niners are 11 and a half. Total is 41.5. Now, recency numbers obviously points more towards like the, the San Francisco, I, you know, I, or I mean, sorry, towards Tampa, just because San Francisco had such a bad run here. But, you know, total for the year, I'm still not up to 10.5 at the same time. The problem with Baker Mayfield and this team is that they were, Baker Mayfield's been playing quietly good, and they have no, yes. they yeah. have, they have no running game. 
But now, right. you, but now you're going to a Niners team that just kind of got healthy, got it right after the bye. You know, went to Jacksonville. Whip. They, I think they're kind of foot on the gas mode. I, I will say that Rolstad is the official there. He's a good away official. I put the Buccaneers in, as one of my potential plays, but I also can see how Baker Mayfield gets put in a tough situation with with Chase Young and Joey Bosa. Now they're those they're Ohio State guys. They're they're competing against each other for sacks now on the same team. That's that that was a scary move when that was made. I was like, Are you serious? The Niners are just going to get better. Well, they did. And and if Baker Mayfield can't throw the ball, they can't run it. And that's where they can get blown out is is, is the pass rush. It's cover Evans a little bit. It, yeah, so go ahead. And I, I wish I would have played. I, I wish I could get to the window when my numbers say two, but I can't in this one. Well, I, I think you certainly open up possibilities for a teaser play here. And I'm talking probably like uh, at least a seven point, if not a 10 point teaser, a 10 point teaser, which of course you have to use three teams, gets you below a field goal on the Niners. I think that's really strong. Um, you know, my numbers came to Tampa Bay here, you know, as the side, I think it came to somewhere between eight and 10 or something like that uh, in favor of the Niners, but not all the way to, to 11 or 12 where we're seeing it now. I, I grew up a 49er fan in the Bay area. I don't have faith in this team. I, I loved them last week, probably my play of the year. I thought that situation was absolutely perfect for San Francisco against Jacksonville. Now you're going to make them this large of a favorite, you know, off of that performance. It feels a little bit inflated to me. I can see San Francisco winning this game by six, seven points, but you're right. Tampa Bay doesn't have a running game. And if the Niners basically shut that down and let this pass rush take over, which I think they're kind of starting to feel themselves after they had a real good time with Jacksonville last week. Now they can kind of get some momentum going and here's a real good opponent to do it against because you can make this team completely one dimensional. You're right. Mayfield has been really solid this year, a gutsy player. Um, but if he doesn't have the ability to hand it off or what have you, and the Niners defense can kind of just smother everything, it could get really ugly here. So um, in a 10-point teaser, I did use it in that fashion. Um, I think you can probably get creative here. Maybe, who knows, money line parlay. You're going to have to pay a lot, obviously. But I, I wouldn't play it traditional point spread here with San Francisco laying the wood. I know some people that have. I like Miami laying the big number a lot more than I like the Niners doing so. Um, so I think you have to get more into the exotics with this game. But uh, yeah. the Niners, in some form or fashion, uh, are the side for me. It's a good 10-point teaser week because you can take the Niners and the Cowboys down to below a field yeah. goal and, with and, the Vikings. And, and the, the Dolphins, Vi unfortunately. Right, the Vikings. The Dolphins don't make sense because you're not on the other side of the three. But, yeah, there's some big numbers out there. The there. Vikings and Eagles plus two and a half. You could pick either one of yeah. those or use them both and yeah. just cross out the Cowboys on the road if you're scared. So, yeah, uh, that's uh, – yep, I think it's a good 10-point teaser week. I'm, I'm, I haven't used one yet this year, but I'm really considering that and – I might be able to get to the window with that one. Let's move on to the next game. We have the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are minus seven. The total is 39 and a half. Now, here's the thing. Now, the market's kind of soured on the Bills. I bet you there's not a lot of people laying it with the Bills this week. And this is kind of the point where even though they fired Ken Dorsey, and it's probably not his fault, it's still 
going to kick them in the butt a little bit. Josh Allen is not going to throw picks. He's going to probably run for a bunch of yards. And that's where the Jets would struggle is trying to stop a running quarterback. They can stop a lot of other things. I I would not take the Bills minus seven either, but I am teasing them down to minus one because I do think that if I partner them up, I think they're going to win by three to six points per year. I think the Jets will have a good enough defense to make it interesting, but they, they are not going to be a zero to four interception turnover ratio this is their season right here this is their season the Jets are already kind of (laughs) done (laughs) I mean the Jets record is what four games at four and six or something like that um they're at least the Buffalo six and five I'm I'm teasing the Buffalo Bills to one yeah I'm not going to argue with that uh at all but but I will say that you know, this is kind of a rock bottom spot for both teams. You know, Buffalo on national TV on Monday night, you know, all the turnovers and the firing of the coach. And, you know, there, there's a mess going on in, in Western New York. Uh, and, and then you have a mess, you know, in, you know, East Rutherford, New Jersey as well. Robert Sala, you know, being held to the flame and, uh, you know, all the questions about Zach Wilson and, and this anemic offense. And they cut Michael Carter. And I mean, both of these teams are in a little bit of disarray right now, at least, you know, in the public eye. Um, and so what I'm saying is them both being in like the ultimate buy low spots seems like what's happening right now. So, you know, I think you can make a case that, like you said, not a lot of people are going to be laying the seven with Buffalo probably not a lot of people that want to necessarily be on the New York jets either. Um, I, I think you can make cases for a lot of different wagers here. The jets plus the seven or seven and a half or whatever it is, I think makes sense. You know, we talked about it at the opening of the program. You and I both agreed number one overvalued team is probably the Buffalo bills. Um, and maybe in this spot, the jets are a little undervalued. So if I had to, you know, your your move with the teaser, I, I don't have a problem with. I'd probably rather have the Jets plus the points, the full seven or, or what have you. Uh, but again, no play for me so far in this game. All right, fair enough. Uh, strategically, everyone's going to be on Washington. Do I go with them and just root for the Giants? I have no idea. So that I have like survivor implications, unfortunately, with this. And I don't want it. I wish I had the Dolphins left, my man. That would have been a much easier week for me. Let's move on to the next game, Seattle versus the Rams. This is like close to pick them. Rams plus one. Totals 46 and a half. There's some disagreement back and forth with some sharper people here. I'm disagreeing right now with somebody about it. Before you came on, I was talking. I, I kind of like the Rams just because, you know, everyone's like, uh, Seattle revenge spot is getting blown out. Seattle can't even move the ball against this team, and I don't know what it is, but sometimes coaches just have the numbers of of these these teams. You know, it, it's just the way it is. And I look, I looked at the history, man, and the history really points towards the Rams here. And uh, I just gotta uh, you know pull it up here. I think I gotta scroll a little bit more. Um, here we are, looking at head to head here, and I'll share my screen. Uh, the 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 Rams are. They won their last six games against the spread, against the, the Seahawks, and then the Seahawks won seventh games in a row, and then the Rams won three before that. You know, this is going back yeah, to, it, to, to, to October 2009. They have their number, man. It's like one it of those seems things. like every year back and forth. You know, they, these teams really play. It goes back to the days of Jeff Fisher. 
you know, he'd go up into Seattle and pull a bunch of special teams, you know, trickery and stuff. And no, it, it's been a wild series division matchup, obviously, between these two teams. And I hear you loud and clear that there's sharp opinions on both sides of the fence here. I think the Rams make a ton of sense. You know, I talked about Miami going into their bye week struggling. Well, the Rams go into their bye week having lost three in a row. We saw what the Niners did going into their bye week, losing three in a row, coming out on the other side and just walloping Jacksonville. But I don't expect the Rams to to steamroll uh, the the Seahawks here. I think this will be a really competitive game. And I'm not going to argue that the Rams are the. I mean, you're looking at a pick'em game, so I didn't bet it. I didn't bet it. I want to tease the Rams, but I can't find the one and a half yet. And the books that give me minus one. T- I have a book that gives me minus one ten teasers at six points still. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. And um, it's. I'll tell you later afterwards after the show. But it's. Uh, it, it, it. That's where I want to do it. But. Um, I think if I think it'll get there, I'm just waiting for it. But uh, I I do not. I think you tease whichever team is the dog, right? Tease the one and a half. Tease the one and a half. Correct. I teased uh, Seattle up to plus seven and a half um, earlier in the week, Uh, and I would do the same like you're talking about with the Rams at plus one and a half. You got to get it to the other side of seven. If you have to use a six and a half point teaser, that's fine, but you have to get it to the other side of seven. And I don't care which team you're on. I think this is going to be a heck of a game. I think the Rams will come out of the bye week with some energy, just like they did in week one. Seattle is a pretty decent team, but they're always good for a few mistakes. It seems, um, I think you're dealing with a one score game here. And if you're catching seven and a half with either side, I think you're probably looking pretty good. 100%. All right, let's move on to the next game. I think we're getting close to the night games here. Uh, We are Vikings at Broncos Broncos uh, minus two and a half total is 42. I think I know where you're going with this, but you have the floor, my man. Well, you know, you and I kind of alluded to or touched on this game a little bit earlier. I I think both of these teams are a little bit, bit of play on teams. And, and that was certainly not the case earlier in the year with Denver, even though I still have them rated uh, a couple, three points, I think two points below average. I had them about three and a half and upgraded them about a point or a point and a half after that performance on Monday night, albeit it still wasn't a great performance, but this team has improved quite a bit. I still don't think they're that good. They've, they've been the beneficiary of a lot of turnovers the past couple of weeks. Um, and then Minnesota, you know, have they kind of peaked? Are they are they due for a slip? I'm not sure. My numbers continue to tell me that they're a play on team as well. So I think this is going to be a really interesting test. And at the end of the day, what did I do? Of course, I teased Minnesota up. <laughs> so Minnesota up to eight and a half. Um, I think you can use them in a 10 point teaser as well. We talked about that getting them the 12 and a half. I think that's a really nice spot to be in. Um, this ought to be a really good, I'm looking forward to this game sneakily, you know, this is a good contest and, you know, we talked about it earlier where the drop off, I mean, cousins is better than Joshua Dobbs. Absolutely. But the team hasn't really dropped off. They continue to win ball games I think this team has uh, an underrated defense. Um, I think their running game's a little bit underrated, but uh, Alexander Madison has been a little bit banged up. We'll check his status uh, before this one starts. Is Justin Jefferson going to come back this week uh, as a Minnesota backer? I hope so. So, you know, and then, then you deal with, oh, all of a sudden Denver's now in the role of a favorite. Okay, really? Is that, you know, I think it's justified. They've got a big home field advantage there in, in the elevation and what have you, but 
Um, I like Minnesota to teaser in this game. Yeah, I like Minnesota straight up at two and a half. Uh, Good for you. I have no problem with it. It's, you know, did they probably lose Alexander Madison for the week? Yes, but they did sign somebody off the waivers, uh, Miles Gaskin. They still have Ty Chandler that some people are saying Ty Chandler is better better than Alexander Madison too. Now, I didn't like the fact that they just lost Jordan Hicks, but what did they do? They sign Anthony Barr. They bring him back. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. they're, they're making great moves uh, to to uh, make up for some of those woes. And I mean, are you really afraid of Denver? Uh, no, not not really. Um, the Vikings quietly have been playing much better defense. You know, since the yeah. last couple of years, that was always their crutch. But they've been quietly playing better defense. Um, I will just love it if Justin Jefferson's off the IR this week. But, you know, they still got Jordan Addison. That's been fantastic. They still have K.J. Osborne to throw to. And Josh Dobbs is playing with lightning in a bottle himself here. Uh, The Vikings are just playing good ball. I like the under a little bit as well. Um, I'm considering the under on this. But uh, I'm playing the Vikings at the two and a half. So that's that's my play. Good for you, man. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, you're taking that, uh, you know, approach because, you know, I've given myself obviously a little extra comfort there with the teaser. And, and I've heard some people that are high on Denver. And, and again, it's what we talked about. I think both of these teams are, are on the up right now, but I'm not, I, but I feel very good about, you know, like, like you and I've talked about a team that's playing good defense, a team that's got an inspired quarterback, a team that is being very well coached. I believe right now, Brian Flores is doing a heck of a job. Um, so do I want to lay points with Denver, a team that's still, I don't think, there yet, even though they're on the uptick? No, I, I, I like the dog teased up here. I, I feel good about that. Me too. Let's move on to the night game. Well, actually, the Monday night game, Philadelphia Eagles at the Chiefs. And this is the final game. The Chiefs are laying minus two and a half and totals 45. So this is all I'm hearing. This is all I'm hearing. Andy Reid off the bye. Chiefs, the Chiefs <laughs> under three. <laughs> I mean, you can just keep like has that been true yeah those are like the, those are the two points right there andy reed off a bye patrick mahomes laying less than a field goal at home yeah and, and you know what sometimes that's all you need um my numbers came out i, I think i think my power ratings came to two yes yeah, yeah yeah my power ratings came to two in favor of kansas city when i crunch all the numbers it comes to kansas city two and a half so you know nothing really there in one of the contests that I play early in the week, I took the Eagles plus three and a half. I think that three and a hook makes a huge difference on, on you know, what which way you're going to go in this game. And you're never going to find three and a half in this no, game, I don't think. Never. It, it might get to three. Um, I, it I hit three once already. To, it hit three once already that it came out. Yeah, I did see it hit three briefly. I wouldn't be thrilled about taking Philadelphia plus three. Three and a half, that's a whole different ball game. I don't think it's going to get there. Um, teaser, I think is real good, real good spot for the Eagles here. Uh, six point, 10 point, seven point, whatever you want to do. Um, obviously a six point gets you to a pretty good number in eight and a half. My favorite play with this game though, Kiev is the under, I actually grabbed it early at 46 and a half. Um, I saw this statistic and I go back to Evan Abrams. Uh, he had a couple of gems that I spotted, uh, regarding this particular week's card, And he said, when two teams uh, come into a week, both off of eight days rest or more, uh, since 2018, the game staying under the total is 101, 47 and one or something like that. 68% of the time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And this year it's 25 
five, 83%. And it happened twice in week 10. The, the Niners and the Jaguars, uh, both off of a bye, eight days rest or more, game stays under. Baltimore, or, uh, Buffalo and Denver on Monday night, both off of rest, game stays under. Now you throw into the fact primetime unders, 78% this year, Monday night unders, 11-1 and one this year. I mean, I mean, it's just this massive snowball uh, of under, you know, trends and situations here going on coming into this game. And again, we go back to this, the, the thought, at least that I have, is does it make sense? I think it does make sense with rest, the rest angle. Because it's kind of like we see in the Super Bowl or, or in, in the early part of the season. We, we think the defense probably has the advantage. They're more up to speed. They're more in sync than the offense is going to be early on. Um, out of a bye week, they're kind of feeling each other out here. This is a Super Bowl rematch. They're going to kind of feel each other out here and just jab, jab for a little bit in the first quarter maybe. I, I do believe there's a lot of reasons. And, and then just look at the matchup. You've got a very good Eagles offense going up against a very good Chiefs defense. Mm -hmm. So that kind of nullifies yeah. one another. And, and then you have a you know defense on Philadelphia's side that really has some holes. Um, but you have an offense in, in Kansas City that is not like what we're used to and, and, and sputters often at times. So I think this game has a lot of reason to go under the total here. What Philadelphia should do, we've seen this recipe for success a lot of years in the last five years or so during this run of Kansas City being, you know, under Patrick Mahomes being an absolute Super Bowl contender year in and year out. The one way to beat them, it seems, is to run the football. And Nick Sirianni, I believe we've seen them do we've seen him do that in the past. Two years ago when he first came on. Midway through the season, he changed his tone and he ran the damn football and they were very successful. They've obviously gone, gone to more of a passing game, but I think in this game, you will see more of a run game here. That's always been an Achilles heel for that Chiefs defense. They concentrate on pass rush and coverage this year. And that also leads you to an under a game staying under the total. So that that's my favorite spot in this game. My second favorite would be teasing the Eagles. I think there's something to the Super Bowl revenge and them trying to get one here in the regular season. Yeah, I, I'm with you totally. You think you broke it down perfectly? There's nothing else I should add, really. I mean, just Nicobe Dean being put on IR and. You know, he's going to miss this game, and he was the middle linebacker. Obviously, Sean Bradley earlier in the season was put on IR. I just that, That's just a little hole where I can see, you know, the Chiefs possibly winning by three here, and I think it's a great teaser leg. I'll probably be using this teaser leg as well. And uh, it, being that the total, we like the under, we're going to like teaser too because you're moving up that point spread all the way up past right. the seven. So 100%. So speaking of teasers, I'm going to give out my refuse-to-lose teaser. There's one per show – one for NFL show every week. I'm nine and one and refuse to lose teasers, Brady. So there you go. I know Good. it's a crazy teaser record. Now I think I'm like 13 and five in all teasers, but um, I'm nine and one in this one. And I'm just going to do what I said before. I'm going to take the Packers all the way up to plus nine. And I'm going to do it with the Bills all the way to minus one for all the reasons that I stated earlier. I think the Packers are good enough to stay in the game. Chargers tend to puke and all over themselves. They don't know how to hold a lead. They don't have the mind to hold a lead. And and the uh, Bills just it's it's their season and uh, it, they're going to play. If there's 110 percent in people, that's what they're going to play. And the Jets are just on the road and already beat the Buffalo Bills once. It's a revenge spot. I think they win by a few points. So that's where I'm going. Hey, uh, team that plays indoors going to Lambeau Field past week 10. 
Yep. Chargers are a lock. That's, I mean, uh, Packers are a, a lock, lock. A lock, lock to lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I, it, it, I, I wish it was the hook, but at the same time, the Packers did destroy my hook last week. But um, yeah, I, I'd still bet it again. Obviously, I expect to win seven out of ten of these freaking hooks. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm seriously considering the Packers. I hate contest play pushes, so I'm just not a fan that it's three. But I, it wouldn't shock me if they won won this game by less, or or you know maybe they maybe they win it by they lose by two is what I'm trying to say. I, I I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, did you play a teaser to give us this week? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll go to the three team ten point teaser, and we've kind of touched on it in a few different spots here in our analysis of the card. Uh, I'll take San Francisco down to two and a half. I'll take the Eagles up to 12 and a half with the Vikings up to 12 and a half. That'd be a three team, 10 point teaser for you. Wonderful. Love it, man. What a great teaser. You got 12 and a half on one side. You bring it all the way down to one and a half, two on the other. Love it, Brady. Well, man, we love you coming on this show. Really appreciate all your great insights and all your hard work. Where can our listeners get your great information in media? Yeah, probably the best place to keep up is on Twitter, at Las Vegas Golfer. I typically tweet out everything I'm doing there. The articles I write for the PGA Tour, you know, my appearances on Sports Grid. Um, that's where you can find me. I'm on just about every day of the week on Sports Grid. Uh, typically in the evenings, I'll be on tonight at about halftime or so of the Thursday night game. And then, uh, again, the articles that come out on PGATour.com. So golf and football you know we're, we're working year-round on those two sports kiev and uh, you can keep track uh, at las vegas golfer all right wonderful make sure you guys check out brady brady have a wonderful weekend uh we'll be texting this weekend best of luck in your plays hey great to catch up with you kiev and thanks for having me i appreciate it all right my friends quick recap we're going to do the vikings plus the two and a half we're laying it with the dolphins i have a great number but i still like it up to 13 and a half and uh Taking Cleveland at the plus one or the pick them. I like them all the way to minus two and a half. Cardinals, I like a little bit. Uh, I put a lean on the Cardinals, but you know I'm close to making a play on that. And the Titans at the plus seven is a play as well. Not to mention our teaser. Plus nine for the Packers and minus one for the Bills. You're going to need a bigger boat. Now it is time for... The Sharp Side of the Force is brought to you by Betfred Sports. For a $250 sign-up bonus, please visit theoddsbakers.com slash Betfred. Terms, conditions, and locations apply. Okay. Sharp Money NFL as of Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Sharp Money on the Steelers plus four to plus one at the Browns. 73% of the tickets and 82% of the money. A lot of that was injury-driven. A lot of that was right after the injury. So keep that in mind. There's some buyback now, but the Rams plus three down to plus one. Same deal with Stafford being announced in, hosting the Seahawks, 64% of the tickets and 83% of the money. And there's a lot of sharp totals out there. Giants versus Commanders, under 37 to 36.5, 66% of the tickets and 86% of the money. Uh, Raiders versus Dolphins, under 48 to 46.5, 39% of the tickets and 98% of the money. Browns versus Steelers, under 38 to 32, 78% of the money tickets and 84% of the money. And then Eagles Versus Chiefs, as Brady said, under 49, down to 45.5, 80% of the tickets and 86, 86% of the money. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you missed any of it, we always have an article out with a few plays every weekend for college football and the NFL. 
I hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you win all of your games. And go get some winners.